Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show that brings you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, Eric, aka Sulior, and today we're finally going to get into the Dark Brotherhood. I know I've kind of been teasing it for a while, but now, uh, and, you know, we did an episode, kind of a part one, with the Morag Tong, because uh, they're fairly similar, and they, you know, historically... Um, there's some overlap there, but now we're finally going to get into the Dark Brotherhood proper. Um, before we get to that, there is a little bit of news, not a whole lot, because the uh, we're kind of an in-between years time period right now, uh, between the High Isle and whatever comes next. Um, speaking of what comes next, it is going to be announced on January 25th. So I mentioned in the last episode that the schedule for the years is going to change. I'm sure they're going to be talking about it more at this Developer Direct. And this is uh, joint Xbox and Bethesda um, uh, presentation. Now, they did say that... um, Starfield will have its own developer direct. They are not... They're, it, it deserves its own direct in all actuality. But this is going to be on uh, Xbox and Bethesda's Twitch page and YouTube page. This is... I mentioned it's going to be on January 25th. It's going to be at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern. That's for the people who are in the... US, I'm sure people who live outside the country, they're kind of used to uh, having to translate what that would be into their own time zone. Uh, but there, it, it, it looks like they're going to be covering ESO. Um, the, the studio director, Matt Furor, will unveil 2023's major chapter update, including the latest regions of Tamriel to become playable, as well ooh, sounds like there's going to be a new zone. Awesome. Um, as well as a whatever new feature is going to be coming with this big update. You know how um, you know each chapter kind of introduces something new, and the big thing with High Isle was Tales of Tribute. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I, I'm still enjoying that. Um, it looks like other things good, that are going to be covered in this developer direct is Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. I, am uh, definitely looking forward to Redfall. I know, I know that there's, there's so much attention that's going to be put on, or that has been put on Starfield, and rightly so, um, this is uh, Bethesda's attempt at an IP that's not Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But I feel that Redfall is kind of being lost in the shuffle here. And I know it's not Bethesda proper. It's Arcane Studios, uh, which is under the Bethesda umbrella. But it's kind of a separate studio. But yeah, I feel like... Redfall just kind of it's pretty much been forgotten about um but I'm looking forward to it I'm I'm really hoping that it does well I don't know if I'm going to be able to play it hopefully I will be and it'll be on Xbox One not just the series consoles 
But yeah, that is going to be happening on January 25th, so be on the lookout for that. I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, the only other thing that really... <laughs> this is kind of random, but um, the only other specific ESO news is the fact that there is a new um, pet that has become available, and it is the Passion Dancer Blossom pet. It's one of those that you collect different parts and then uh, kind of build, uh, like the the, the fire pot uh, Dwemer spider thing. Um, and this is a, a flower. Uh, I'm not. It, it says it's a morphing collectible. Um, I yeah. I'm gonna have to. to check this out so it uh it will be available uh, actually it might be done now but it was uh available i believe during the uh new life festival so yeah hopefully you guys were able to collect that um i know that they were giving away a free pet through the fourth so obviously that's passed now but the only other thing that i've got in the news, which is uh, it's kind of old news, but this actually comes from the UESP uh, website. There was a uh, there's a couple of different mods that have come out. One of them came out in mid-November, and it's called the Elder Kings 2. It's a mod for Crusader Kings 3, and it uh, basically turns the map into Tamriel, which is kind of cool. Um, it is, you, you play either during Second Era 440 or Second Era 450. So, yeah, um, I've never played Crusader Kings games, but I mean, I'm all for more Elder Scrolls content. Um, and then there is also a, an art, a mod that has come out for Tamriel Rebuilt. Now this is a mod that is for Morrowind and it's kind of like a Beyond Morrowind uh, mod. So it's kind of like, you know, you know, there's Beyond Skyrim where they add different sections of Tamriel to the game Skyrim. Well, this is Morrowind's version of that. And they just released an expansion called Dominions of Dust and Embers of Empire. This came out toward the end of November. So Dominions of Dust, uh, it's a mod that, or it's an expansion that deals with the uh, great houses and some contestion with them, you know, kind of a... Uh, issue that's going on between Hualu and Redoran. And Embers of Empire completely overhauls the western shore of the Telvanni Peninsula with its imperial settlements of Firewatch and Helnim, the lone outposts of imperial power in this most hostile part of Morrowind. So, these two expansions combined include new land in areas three times the size of Blood Moon, which uh, was Solstheim in Morrowind, and about 200 new overhauled quests, bringing the total quest count of Tamriel rebuilt 
to uh, parody with the vanilla game and expansions. So yeah, these are huge mods. So definitely check them out if you're interested. Um, yeah, as much as I love Morrowind, the mechanics and the graphics can uh, be a little jarring if you're not um, if you're not uh, used to that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely definitely check them out. And that is really it as far as the news. Like I said, we're kind of in a, in a news lull before they you know announce the new chapter which i will definitely be covering in the next episode so let's go ahead and get into my gameplay i have played a lot of stuff but really not a whole lot of elder scrolls um to be completely honest i kind of had an eso burnout the last couple of months i did play a little bit of the fire song dlc so i haven't completely neglected it but i haven't really i mean i guess in a sense i have but i did do a little bit of the uh chapter and it, it seems fun um i'm still very 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 early on in that storyline but i've been running around a little bit with my uh, European character. My um, North American characters still haven't completed the main chapter for High Isle, so I wanted to get that done before I hopped into Fire Song, Not because you know chronology matters. But um, yeah, I played some other stuff. I've played um, Fallout 76, obviously. I've been doing scoreboard with that, and I've been. Uh, hopping in with some people that um, you know I've, I've tried to make it a point to be a little bit more sociable in games lately so I've been playing with some other people in the Fallout community like uh, Lawrence and uh, Nikki or Dicky um, depends on the platform uh, what she goes by um, from the Modus Files family um, and then, you know, Jess and Andrew from the Fallout Feed, along with some other members like Casey, the curator, um, who are in the ASA podcasting community. Um, so that's been fun. That's been a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, we did a recent episode of Tapes from the Wastes, and it was originally supposed to be specifically on the Nuka World on Tour event, but since it was so close to the end of the year, we just kind of did a year-end review for 2022. So definitely go check that out. Um, yeah, we're both pretty big fans of the Nuka World on Tour update for Fallout 76. And uh, let's see what else have I been playing lately. I played a little indie game called Vampire Survivors. Um... I heard Kelsey talking about it, and um, Jessica Starr from the Fallout Feed has been talking about it recently, so I figured I'd give it a shot. And it's it's pretty fun. Um, it's I guess it's a roguelike game, or a roguelite game. Uh, basically, you just uh, fight off waves of enemies and get experience points so you can give yourself upgrades. Kind of like Hades. Um... That, that's probably what I would compare it to the most, although with the style of um, 
game is uh, it's it's kind of got that same style where you fight off enemies but with this you just travel around a specific map and fight off waves of enemies you're not traveling to escape the underworld like you are in Hades uh, but yeah it's pretty fun it's a game you don't really have to put a lot of time into but um, it's definitely pretty addicting. I played it for maybe a couple hours in one sitting uh, one night. It's, it's it's pretty fun. I'd recommend it. It's on Game Pass. Um, what else have I been playing lately? I uh, picked up um, Lego DC Supervillains. Um, it, it, they had a big uh, Warner Brothers sale going on, so I bought that for really cheap. I want to say... Um, I saved like 90% on that. It was like 10 bucks or five bucks or something like that. And it would have been, yeah, probably closer to 10 if I was getting like the ultimate edition of that um, with it being 90% off. So yeah, that, that's a lot of fun. I, I love the Lego games. They're just a good um, turn your brain off type of game um, that you can just chill with and not take super seriously. Um, I downloaded Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker Saga on Game Pass, and I still haven't played that yet. I need to get it. I need to give that a shot too, because I know uh, people are really high on that one too. Um, I picked up Resident Evil 2 and Village and 3 um, over the holidays too, and I've played some of 2. Um, I talked about that with Kelsey on tapes and ways, so you can go uh, take a listen to that and hear my thoughts because uh, of course Kelsey being a part of the first aid spray podcast is a huge Resident Evil fan um, so we chatted about that a little bit um, what else have I played um, I recently started playing The Witcher 3 again and I actually posted a clip um, as I'm recording this it is uh, Sunday the 15th uh, January 15th um, I posted a clip of this last night because um, I I beat the main game and then I started one of the DLCs and never really went back to it um, this was at least a year ago maybe a year and a half ago um, that I'd beat the main game of Witcher 3. And I couldn't remember which DLC that I'd started. I thought that I'd started Blood and Blood and Wine, but it turns out I'd actually started Hearts of Stone. And I was doing some of the quests, and then I did this quest where you meet Shani in the sewers underneath the Oxenfurt. And it turns out that you're trying to, you're hunting down this monster that's been killing a bunch of people. And it turns out you're, <laughs> you're hunting a prince that was turned into a frog. Sound familiar? Yeah, it, it should. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of nods given to that fairy tale. But this fucking thing, God. Um, it... <laughs> For the life, I was having such a hard time with this damn thing. It, it's a giant frog that will spit poison at you, and it'll kick you. It'll do these like jumping, like jumping attacks. Um, flick its really long tongue out at you. It, it and it's really fast. Usually, if it's something really big, it's 
slow. No, this thing was really fast, and I can't tell you how many times I died while facing this thing. Sometimes really quickly, sometimes I got it down a little bit of health, but I never really got it down very much. So I kind of gave up on it for a little bit, like a week or so. And I'm like, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it another shot. When I die, not if, but when I die, I'm going to clip it and post a, a, post the clip on TikTok seeing if anybody will give me any pointers because I was I was looking it up online and a lot of the places that I was uh, reading about it were saying that it's one of the toughest bosses in the game um, and I believed them because <laughs> I, I could I knew from experience that thing was really fucking hard so yeah I was gonna um, I was gonna give it another shot die and post a clip of it on, of me dying on TikTok, seeing if anybody, any veteran Witcher 3 players could give me any tips. And that just happened to be when I beat it. So I ended up posting a victory clip instead. You can go check that out on my TikTok at uh, TikTok. Uh, my handle is Sulior, S-U-L-I-O-R-E. Um, <laughs> it's funny because this guy is still decided to give me tips even though you can see me actually killing the damn thing in the clip but he still was like um yeah don't use igni use potions and da 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 and I'm like dude I appreciate it but I, I killed it you can see me gutting it anyway um it, it, it's fun so now I've progressed a little bit more in the hearts of stone DLC and a little more a little ways in um, no spoilers, but yeah, that, that frog prince, god damn, man, that thing was tough. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I need to, I need to play more Witcher 1 and Witcher 2. I have, um, Witcher 1 on PC and I have Witcher 2 on Xbox. Um, let's see what else. Uh, of course, I've been playing on my emulator machine, um, been playing a lot of uh, WrestleMania the arcade game, the arcade version of that. Uh, I've been trying some other stuff too. Um, let's, like I said, it's it's really nice because there are games that I always wanted to play growing up, but never did. Or um, back back in the day, um, I don't know if this will be a flashback for you guys or not. It certainly is for me. But at one point in time, Walmart had demos. They had um, console stations set up. Uh, they had one for PlayStation, one for the original Xbox, and I can't remember if there was a Nintendo one or not. Some places did, some places didn't. Um, whether it was like a Wii U or a Wii or whatever. Um, GameStop had these too, where you would go and they were either had a demo disc or one specific game that you would play and um you it, it if it was a demo disc it either had a time limit on it or it had um, you just beat one level and then it uh, reset on you or something like that so i would go to walmart or gamestop or where it, at one point in time it was called electronics boutique or eb games 
and I would just play demos. And one of the ones I always thought was kind of fun, like I remember playing uh, a demo for WWF Warzone on PlayStation. Um, I think with that one, you played an exhibition match and there were only like two people that you could choose from. Um, I remember playing the old Spider-Man games like Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, um, the the ones that were on PlayStation or uh, N64. Um, I remember playing a game called Heavenly Sword that I thought was really awesome. Never, I don't, I don't know. There was a game called Folklore I remember playing a demo of. But there was one that I played um, that I always thought looked really fun, and it was called Medieval, where you play as this um, undead skeletal uh, medieval knight who has since been resurrected. And I remember, I think I was on um, Firewriter's podcast a while, like a year or a year and a half ago, and um, Tuniversal was talking about the main character from medieval Daniel Fortescue and uh, yeah so I played a little bit of medieval on my emulator machine I played a little bit of Sonic Adventure 1 um, Sonic Adventure 2 on GameCube was one my sister and I used to play quite a bit um, we would I loved the city escape level and there's a demo for that uh, this is the Sega Dreamcast version on my emulator machine um, so yeah just been playing a lot of uh, random things I really want to play Chrono Trigger and that's one game I really need to play uh, I've never really played that one before but I know people rave about that um, I need to play Legends of Lacania I think it, on uh, PS1 so yeah I just uh been enjoying that little thing since I think around Thanksgiving was when I got it. It was an early Christmas gift from my wife. So anyway, that really is it as far as my gameplay. Uh, I could go on and on, but um, I'll spare you guys that. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. If you're looking to play um, ESO or Fallout 76 or something like that with me, just hit me up on uh, xbox it's uh Sulior. Um, so anyway let's get into today's topic which is the dark brotherhood all right guys so let's talk the dark brotherhood so the dark brotherhood has been around for a very long time um they started out, as I mentioned, they were connected to the Morag Tong. Um, but apparently this is actually debated by scholars. But it's widely believed that the year 2920 of the First Era, when the Morag Tong uh, assassinated Emperor Raymond III, which I've talked about in the past, um, likely at the behest of Versiju Shai, Shay, um, his successor, um, who, who, uh, Emperor Raymond III's successor. Um, in Second Era 324, they evidently assassinated um, the uh, aforementioned Versidu Shai, um, setting off a frenzy among the nobles of Tamriel. And the Moral Tong was soon outlawed across the continent. So, 
One popular theory holds that the Dark Brotherhood split away, split away for religious reasons. As I mentioned in the Morag Tong episode, they, the Morag Tong are um, devout to Mafala, whom the Tong worshipped as their patron goddess and was seen by the Dunmer as the anticipation of Vivek. Um, and we all know how uh, much the Denmer revere Vivek among, along with the other tribunal. So um, the idea is that in exchange for tolerance of their continued existence, the Tongs ceased their worship of Mafala in exchange for the worship of Vivek. This is where apparently the break has occurred. I'm, I should mention I'm getting all this from the UESP wiki. At least this part of it. Um, the, so the Morag Tong agreed to worship Vivek and also agreeing to limit their activities to Morrowind. But um, there apparently was a sect that broke off. And um, so the Morag Tong... Um, there are, part, there are people in the Morag Tong that didn't agree with this. So, first era level of tradition, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the great houses of Morrowind are constantly uh, at, with, you know, at uh, having issues with each other. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, at some point I need to do a breakdown of all of the great houses of Morrowind. But um, there is a theory that following Versidjushai's assassination um, and along with the persecution of the Morag Tong, Sithis spoke to a former member and demanded the formation of a new guild which would worship himself, Sithis, and not Mafala, and aim to marry business with death. And to this uh, will better satisfy the Void's hunger. So, the Void. Uh, we don't really know much about Sithis or the Void. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's actually something you can ask Cicero in, um, in Skyrim. Is What is Sithis? Um, Sithis is actually a name for the Void. So the the void is basically it's a name for the dimensions outside of the known realms. You know, there's Aetherius, there's Oblivion, um, there's Mundus, Arubus, or Orbis. Uh, basically, it's it's also no, occasionally used in more limited capacity to apply to Oblivion. But um, the brothers Anu and Padme actually came from the Void. And legends say that deities wishing to create a new plane of existence must initially create a space for it in the Void. So uh, when Daedra are banished uh, or their physical form is destroyed, um, its vestige is banished to the Void. And eventually they come back um, but this is as close to the concept of death as an immortal being can experience uh, being banished to the void. And uh, it, a lot of the Daedra are terrified of it, and rightfully, show, rightfully so. But uh, it, it's really hard to describe what exactly 
Sithis or the Void is, but um, yeah, it, it's 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 basically you know, everything that the other realms are not. And there is the legend that the uh, that the night mother actually is the bride of Sithis. So she bore Sithis five children and sacrificed them to Sithis. And this became the um, the kind of where the black hand came from. Each finger and thumb, I guess, is a specific position in the Dark Brotherhood. So there's there's the silencers, there's the speaker, and and each rank serves its purpose and um yeah there are a lot of there are some people that don't believe that the night mother is a real thing but uh if you've played oblivion or skyrim you know that she is very real so the dark brotherhood as opposed to the morag tong the morag tong would uh, operate in public. The Dark Brotherhood, not so much. Um, in most cases, people don't even know how to get a hold of the Dark Brotherhood to um, form a contract. But um, there is there. Well, and I, I should mention that another uh, part of the Dark Brotherhood um, organization is the Five Tenets. These are five rules that you must follow no matter what. Well, there there is one in specific instance where you can break one of them. But um, if you break these in any just any other time, you can invoke the wrath of Sithis. And this is never disobey the Night Mother, never betray the Dark Brotherhood, never disobey or refuse to carry out an order from a superior, Never steal the possessions of a Dark Brotherhood member. Or, um, yeah, if you do, if you break any of these, um, you can invoke the Wrath of Sithis, which is not just a turn of phrase. There is one specific instance where you can kill other members. Um, and you actually do this in Oblivion. So spoilers for those of you who haven't played Oblivion. But the whole Dark Brotherhood storyline in Oblivion, um, you come to find out that there's a mole. There's rumors going around that um, other Dark Brotherhood members have been turning up dead. And you come to find out that there is a mole in the, um, in the organization. And um, I'll get into it a little bit more. But basically, you uh, there is an ancient rite known as purification, which you cleanse the entire sanctuary 
to ensure that the mole or the uh, the traitor is killed. Um, like I said, I'll get into that in a little bit. But the way that a contract happens is that um, whoever wants to uh, create a contract with the Dark Brotherhood must uh, perform the rite of the Black Sacrament. So it's a ritual that you perform. Um, you create an effigy um, and actually stab some of the actual some actual body parts, which would be like a heart, a skull, bones. Um, you create an effigy of who you want killed, and you must say a specific phrase: uh, "Sweet mother, sweet mother, send your child unto me, for the sins of the untrustworthy. I'm sorry, the sins of the unworthy must be baptized in blood and fear." Um, while stabbing the effigy, and the speaker, a, a speaker from the Dark Brotherhood meets, or like he shows up and speaks with the person and the contract is formed. The speaker then in, in turn uh, dispatches a silencer to carry out the contract. And this, organ- this worked for a very, very long time. And if you've played Skyrim, you know that they kind of got away from that there for a while. But, yeah, the the Dark Brotherhood um, was a very successful organization for a very long time. Um, there have been instances where there have been issues. Um, I mentioned the... Um, I, I mentioned that the Dark Brotherhood... Uh, did have some issues around the times of uh, Morrowind. Um, you don't actually get to play as the Dark Brotherhood in Morrowind, unfortunately. But um, you do encounter them. As I said, uh, somebody puts a you know puts a hit on you in Morrowind. Um, yeah, I, I should mention that the, the Wrath of Sith apparently has happened at times um there was an assassin that uh, was sent to dispatch an official um it was rumored that the assassin was sent by the dark brotherhood and in fact the assassin was an adventurer who summoned mafala oh yeah <laughs> i actually uh remember that the, the, this is actually a part of marwind so you do deal with the Dark Brotherhood a bit. Not Morrowind, I'm sorry. Um, Warp in the West was Daggerfall. Um, I apologize. Um, yeah, that, I guess you do deal with the Dark Brotherhood a bit in Morrowind. I keep saying Morrowind. I mean Daggerfall. You do deal with the Dark Brotherhood in Daggerfall. I don't know why the hell I kept saying Morrowind. You do deal with them in Morrowind. But yeah, I was trying to. I was referring to Daggerfall. Uh, there is a Dark Brotherhood storyline in ESO. Um, I have actually completed it. You go around killing a, uh, quite a few nobles, um, and including the uh, governor of Anvil. Um, yeah, uh, Pelagius Septim the uh, yeah, first was murdered by the Dark Brotherhood. Um, yeah, that that was a that was a fun little storyline. Um, I enjoyed it. 
you, I mean, it, it, it can be a bit of a grind. Um, yeah, basically you have to gain notoriety before you can do some of the, um, more interesting, excuse me, more interesting contracts, uh, before you actually get a, like a normal contract, you just have to go kill a specific target in a village somewhere in Tamriel or kill a certain number of people um, without getting uh, the hardest part is not getting caught but then you do get some notable quests uh, let's see in uh, uh, third era 421 a dark brotherhood member named Grenwyn Blenwith uh, began his own crusade against the Dark Brotherhood, so he was kind of a uh, rogue um, turned against them, believing to have been ordered by Sethus to remove all non-vampires from the Brotherhood, and he ended up founding the Crimson Scars. Uh, his attempt failed, and when a member of the Crimson Scars betrayed him to the Black Hand, he swiftly retaliated and murdered the Crimson Scars. Uh, we don't really know what happened to uh, Grenwyn. So, Third Era 421, that would... Oh, okay. Um, it be getting toward the end of... Um... Actually, I think that was in Oblivion. I think I remember that now. Um... As I mentioned, no, that wouldn't have been Marwyn. That would have been Daggerfall. Um, so, or, or not Oblivion. I meant Oblivion. That wouldn't have been Oblivion. So, as I mentioned, the Dark Brotherhood um, did have a presence in Marwyn. And Third Era 427, the Brotherhood attempted to gain a foothold on the island and allied themselves with the Dagonites, uh, cultists of Mayrun's Dagon, who provided shelter for them. Both the Brotherhood and the Dagonites were repelled fiercely by the Morag Tong. Uh, the Night Mother, uh, the Night Mother Savara Magia, uh, one of the cases where a leader of the organization or the chapter uh, claimed the title of the Night Mother, that's fucking dangerous, um, had taken up an insufficiently uh, secret web, uh, secret residence on the island and was assassinated. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good job. As many of the other Brotherhood members in the province um, were also assassinated. From their corpses, the Morag Tong recovered the threads of the web spinner, so that must have been a, an artifact of Mafala, um, that the Brotherhood had stolen from them. In the same year, King Lalu Helseth of Marland hired the Brotherhood to assassinate the Nerevarine. This is what I was talking about, where... Uh, the Brotherhood put a hit on your character. Um, so, Hualu Helseth feared that he might challenge his rule. In response, the Nerevarine tracked him down um, tracked him down to the Manor District of Old, Old Mournhold. So this is part of the Tribunal um, DLC. And uh, the, he killed their, uh, the Nerevarine killed their local leader, the fairly high-ranking Dandrus Fools, who discovered the latter to be in possession of the contract signed between the quote-unquote Night Mother, who uh, more than likely was Magia, uh, Severa Magia, and an H who was relatively easily identified as King Helseth. Helseth later explained to the Nerevarine that the attacks were due to misinformation. 
that's your problem. Um, although Vools was dead, their hideout was cleaned out, and the Dark Brotherhood were not completely destroyed, and later made an attempt on Queen Berenziah's life. But the assassins were then killed by the Nerevarine. This is evidence to suggest that the assassination attempt was a ruse, and that the real target was the Nerevarine once again. Whether or not Helseth was involved in this, or whether the Brotherhood was attempting to take revenge against him through Berenziah, or the Nerevarine, or both, is unknown. So, um, yeah, I haven't gotten that far. Um, I do know, I do, I have played the part where you get attacked, and then you have to track them down to Old Mornhold. Um, they're in, I, I believe they're in a sewer there. Uh, but that's about as far as I've gotten. Like, I, I think I, um talked about my experience with the tribunal dlc how this one npc one npc with ridiculously high luck kind of uh stopped me from playing because anytime i would go to this town square he would attack me and kill me so let's talk about oblivion so in fourth era uh fourth era Third Era 433, the Dark Brotherhood in Cyrodiil was betrayed from within. So there is a guy by the name of Matthew Belmont who was a trusted speaker and was secretly attempting to destroy the Dark Brotherhood as an act of revenge for the assassination of his own mother. So when I played that clip in the Shea Gorath episode where he talks about different things that he'd seen like a flock of butterflies blood a mother's head um he was referring to matthew belmont's mother's head Um, he kept her severed head in his hideout uh, which was kind of disturbing so a new uh, member of the dark brotherhood quickly rose in rank and became silencer of the black hand um yeah that that's your character so this is the first as far as i know the first time you actually become a member of the dark brotherhood yourself so um (laughs) it's a little bit different than uh like becoming a a member of the dark brotherhood is a little bit different than what it is in skyrim so basically in oblivion you just have to murder somebody Uh, it doesn't really matter who um you just have to commit a murder so there are half the time i would do it without even intending to um so as soon as you you know most of the time when i intended to i just killed somebody in bruma uh, just some random npc in bruma that didn't really affect any storyline or anything so as soon as you do commit said murder there's a little notification that pops up on the screen that said your this uh, the act was witnessed by an unknown force or something like that and then the next time you sleep, you get um, you are approached by Lucien Lachance, and he says something along the lines of, "You sleep very soundly for a murderer. That's good. We need a clean conscience, or something like that." Um, and Lucien Lachance is, of course, played by Wes Johnson, who also voiced Shea Gorath. Um, and yeah, he, he sends you on a quest to prove yourself um, to be able to handle whatever he throws at you. So he sends you to kill some guy named Rufio, who is basically on his deathbed to begin with. 
and it, basically your contract with the Dark Brotherhood is signed in Rufio's blood. And he gives you what ends up becoming the Blade of Woe. Um, that's what he wants you to kill him with. And you end up later on, like, you end up going, you're sent to the sanctuary in Shaden Hall. And basically, yeah, they're, they're like, you you meet the rest of the members. One of them is a vampire, uh, which is one of the uh, few ways you can become a vampire in Oblivion. And they, you end up getting sent on contracts, and you end up rising through the ranks. You, um, yeah, you, you at first deal with members in the sanctuary, and then eventually, once you, you they not only do they want you to kill these people, like you, you can just go kill them any way you want to, but if you kill them in a specific way, you get a bonus. And there's like the scales of pitiless justice. You get uh, some nice weapons and armor. You eventually get Shadowmere, um, who ends up showing up in Skyrim again. But um, the it, it, you it, like later on, you start getting contracts from Lucien Lachance himself. But then you start getting dead drops. Um, he wants you to go pick up your contract from a, a location that they give to you. And, you know, there's money along with it. But it turns out that eventually somebody starts switching out the contracts. And at first, you get blamed for it. Uh, because you're going, you're at, instead of going around and killing who are the real contracts, you end up going around killing members of the Dark Brotherhood. So you eventually get confronted by Lucy and Lachance. And you explain yourself, and then he realizes that, oh, um, yeah, somebody's going and switching your contracts. God damn. Um, and eventually, so he in, it decides to invoke the rite of purification. So you have to go around killing members of the sanctuary. And it's actually kind of fun. Um, I mean, it sucks because they didn't really do anything wrong, but there's a reason why this ancient rite is uh, a thing to begin with. So you commit the rite of purification. Um, you can do it however you want to. And you... Um, go talk to Lucian it, and unfortunately Lucian Lachance gets killed um, himself people thought maybe he was the mole because he was supposedly the one giving you the dead drops but um, eventually you're able to figure out who the traitor is and it's a man named Matthew Belmont and you kill him and you end up, I, I want to say, you get, you, I can't remember if, the, if you talk to the Night Mother herself before or after this. I think it's at the very end. And she, you, you said, yeah, I'm sorry I, 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 for some of the mistakes that I've made. But she's really impressed with everything that you did. Yeah. 
there are there were some people who died um, when they shouldn't have, but she was very impressed with your efficiency and she congratulates you and you ended up becoming the speaker because um, the night mother only will only speak to I'm sorry you you become a listener and because the the night mother will only speak to a listener and yeah I, I have to say that the Dark Brotherhood storyline in Oblivion is one of my favorites, along with the Daedric quests. Um, there are so many memorable... It, it, the, the, it's not that the Skyrim story was bad. It wasn't. But some of the assassination quests just kind of lacked the charm and or the heart of some of the ones in oblivion like the um one of the first ones you have to do is in bruma you have to kill this wood elf named balin and so you have to figure out what his schedule is because to get the bonus you have to kill him by dropping a minotaur head like a taxidermy minotaur head on his on him while he's reading but you also have to not get caught by his bodyguard who is a big Nord. Um, there's also the quest where you have to kill Valendreth, who is the um, the dark elf that's taunting you at the very beginning of the game. But the catch with that is none of the guards can be killed. So a lot of these, like I don't really do any Thieves Guild or Dark Brotherhood quest until I can use um, invisibility spells. Um, I, yeah, it's okay to have a potion, but potions run out. With a spell, you can use it repeatedly. Um, there's another quest that you have to... There's a there's a, a, a knight who's very sick, and you need to switch out his potion for poison without being caught. So, because if you get caught, they obviously know that something's up with his medicine. So... Yeah, there, there's it's like I said, the these quests are some of my favorites in Oblivion, and um, yeah, Skyrim wasn't bad. It certainly was a very interesting story, and uh, yeah, let, let's go ahead and talk about Skyrim. So, yeah, in between Oblivion and um, Skyrim, if you've played Skyrim, you you know that. Things didn't go well for the Dark Brotherhood in the 200 years between Oblivion and Skyrim. So, um, basically, yeah, the, the Dark Brotherhood was hunted down, and a lot of the sanctuaries were um, killed, like killed off. Uh, it, it's interesting in Oblivion, they tell you that there are there are. Uh, sanctuaries all over Cyrodiil but you don't really see them there is a mod when I played on PC that I uh, that I really loved called a Brotherhood Renewed which adds a Dark Brotherhood Sanctuary outside of every major city in Cyrodiil you know Brahma or Brahma, Bruma, Breville, sorry I kind of combined those two words there um 
you know, Leowin, and each sanctuary has a quest that goes along with it to where you uh, clean it out and uh, get it up and running again. But unfortunately, you don't really see that in the vanilla game. But yeah, um, there is basically an extermination of the Dark Brotherhood sanctuaries all over until really there was just the one in Skyrim left. Um, which is why Cicero ends up showing up. Uh, the Black Hand also became divided on uh, the direction of the Dark Brotherhood with some seeking to get away from uh, dealing with the Night Mother altogether. Um, there were also riots in um, the cities in Cyrodiil. Um, several sanctuaries and bases of the Brotherhood across Tamriel uh, were destroyed in this way. Uh, the Great War proved very costly and organizations became secondary targets uh, for, for political parties. And the presences in Hammerfell were eliminated. Um, this made it impossible for the Brotherhood to organize contracts in these regions and further weaken the organization's reputation, um, power, and influence. Uh, Shadow Scales uh, training facilities in Black Marsh were abandoned. Um, I think I, I mentioned this in the Argonian episode, but a Shadow Scale was born is an Argonian that's born over under a certain moon, and they are given to the uh, Dark Brotherhood when they're still eggs. So they basically they live to be like they're born to be members of the Dark Brotherhood. Uh, but yeah, the Shadow Scale um, tradition began to die out. We know from playing Skyrim that they didn't die out altogether. There is a Shadow Scale in the uh, Sanctuary in the Dark Brotherhood uh, in Skyrim. Um, Fourth Arrow 188, the Dark Brotherhood began to be infiltrated by a spy known as the Forgotten Hero, who was hired by Alisan Ellis, um, uh, Dupree. Uh, his father's uh, Uter Nahir to infiltrate the Dark Brotherhood and he plotted the Dark Brotherhood's ultimate destruction by killing the Listener who he claimed slew his wife um, after the Forgotten Hero successfully infiltrated the Dark Brotherhood one of his first tasks was to assassinate King uh, Barnia of Wayrest and at the time Wayrest was attacked by Corsairs who yeah, King Barino was secretly working with as part of his efforts to destroy his own enemies in Wayrest. And the sanctuary there would be raided and destroyed also as a result. So we don't really know if the Forgotten Hero went through killing the king or if they spared his life. Um, is this... Uh, yeah, this is... What game is this that I'm... So maybe... Oh, you know what? Maybe it's part of... It's probably one of the books so yeah that's uh it's really interesting i hadn't heard about that um the night mother's crypt in breville was uh destroyed um yeah that that's where the dark the night mother's crypt is at the end of oblivion you meet you get to meet her in breville but her crypt ended up getting destroyed um the surviving Black Hand 
I'm sorry, no, it wasn't Breville, it was uh, Corinth. Um, I apologize. And its uh, members were moved um, to reinforce the crucial Cyrodiil faction. According to Cicero's journal, the political and social chaos that engulfed Cyrodiil in the empire allowed the massive, a massive gang war in Breville to rage unhindered, leading to the death of a few members of the Dark Brotherhood, including the Listener, as well as the destruction of the Nightmother's Crypt. So maybe it actually wasn't Breville. Um, I thought it was Breville. Because you see the, the statue of this woman that turns out to be the Nightmother. And her crypt is underneath it. So it wasn't caused by... The destruction of the crypt wasn't caused by gang war, according to Cicero. Um, it was actually caused by the Forgotten Hero. Um, Uter was successful in gathering all the information he needed from the uh, Forgotten Hero. Okay, so it was actually uh, Uter. Uh, Uter Nahir. And he gathered uh, mercenaries and personally led his army to assault the Night Mother's crypt. Um, Uter's ultimate goal was to destroy both the Night Mother and kill his daughter uh, in the Dark Brotherhood once and for all. Um, it's unknown whether the Forgotten Hero chose to side with the Dark Brotherhood or stay loyal to Uter. Um, unfortunately, Alicine Dupree did pass uh, defending the Night Mother's corpse and was also while also dying at the hands of her own father. So, man, what an asshole. During the battle, an assassin named Garnog was able to retrieve the Night Mother's corpse before it could be destroyed and ultimately foiled Uter's plot to destroy the Night Mother. So, we, we all know what happened. Um, Cicero shows up um, with the Night, Mother, Night Mother's uh, coffin. Um, you can actually meet him outside this farm. His... Uh, wagon loses a wheel and he asks this local farmer for help and uh, the farmer doesn't want to help him so you can either convince him to help or you can um, tell him that Cicero is crazy and alert the guards um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting um, which you choose if you do choose uh, to persuade the farmer to help Cicero, everything's well and good. Um, if you choose not to, then you go back and find the farmer dead later on. Um, and Cicero gives you an earful uh, when he shows up at the sanctuary. Um, and there's different things you can do. Like you can choose to spare Cicero. He eventually uh, turns on Astrid. Um, who is the acting um, leader of the Dark Brotherhood. She chooses to get away from the Night Mothers, uh, from listening to the Night Mothers. She's like, look, I'm the leader here, not the Night Mother. Um, but this whole story is about how it, it's, it goes back to tradition. Um, the Night Mother chooses to speak to you, so you become a listener. Uh, but she's like, but Astra's like, look, I'm the one in charge. You listen to me. Don't, uh, you ignore any contracts you get from the Night Mother. Um, yeah, and like I said, the, uh, you become, the way you become a member of the Dark Brotherhood is a little bit different than Oblivion. You actually usurp one of their contracts 
and she's she's like, look, you did a good job. I think I see some talent in you. Um, so we'd like to offer you uh, members you know, to become a family member. Um, there is a little bit of betrayal with the Dark Brotherhood story in, in Skyrim also. Astrid tried to make a deal with the um, Legion, the, the Pentecost Oculus, I think it's uh, what they're called. Uh, or, um, just trying to keep them alive for a little bit longer because they have been, he they're still being heavily hunted in, you know, the time of Skyrim. And, um, yeah, the, you do get a contract to kill Emperor Titus Mead II in Skyrim. And, um, yeah, the, the, the sanctuary ends up being attacked. Um, everything's on fire. A lot of the family members were killed when this happened. Uh, there were a few that survived and, um made it to a nearby abandoned sanctuary but yeah then you get to kill emperor titus mead the second and he knew it was coming um he didn't fight you which was odd um i expected you know you you always kind of expect some big last battle when you're getting to the end of a storyline but that wasn't really the case here the fight was really getting to the Emperor, but once you get there, he's like, do what you need to do. Um, I've lived my life. I've made my mistakes. I'm sure I've pissed a lot of people off, so it's no surprise that you're here. Do what you need to do. I'm an old man. Um, just get it over with. So you kill him and then go back to the Dawnstar the, the Dawn Sanctuary and you work to rebuild the Dark Brotherhood. It's a, a back to your roots type of story where the Night Mother is put in place again. And yeah, um, I don't really know any other way to say it other than um, the organization kind of lost its way there for a while. And, you know, it did what it needed to do to survive. But now it is back to where it needed it needs to be. And we'll see what happens in the next game. Um, yeah, um, I, you know, as much as Oblivion was the end of a lot of things in the Elder Scrolls lore, um, it's the end of the Fighters Guild, the end of the Mages Guild. Um, it's basically the end of the Dark Brotherhood, all but the end of the, the Dark Brotherhood. It was the end of the Third Empire. Um, there were some things that, you know, I guess it, in this case, yeah, it, the Dark Brotherhood was all but gone. And this was kind of a rebirth story in Skyrim. So we'll see where it leads in Elder Scrolls 6 whenever that decides to show up, uh, probably in like five, ten years or so. Um, but for now, we still have the Dark Brotherhood in ESO. Um, like I said, I, I played through that. Hopefully 
maybe sometime down the road we'll get more another or like more to the dark brotherhood story or a new story altogether um we'll see so yeah like i said the dark brotherhood is one of my favorite factions there's a reason why i chose to do this one first so we'll we'll see what happens down the line um but yeah that is today's show um i'm gonna get out of here so i'd like to thank the hive as always for sponsoring today's podcast if you'd like to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter and instagram at iangold08 uh you can find the show at tamrelicp you can uh check out my other shows that i have going there's uh super nintendo i recently did an episode on ash ketchum with uh ash's story and the anime coming to an end um i'm gonna be doing another show here sometime in the next couple of days and then as i mentioned uh towards the beginning of the show there's a recent episode of tapes from the wastes where we kind of we talked about the uh nuka world on tour update as well as a year in review for 2022 um, I'm also a uh, voice on the Modus Files. I don't think I'm going to be on this next episode, but I have been in a few, and I hope that I will be in more down the line. But definitely go check that out. And yeah, that is about it. So anyway, um, as all oh, I also uh, mentioned TikTok earlier. Yeah, you can find uh, my TikTok at TikTok. Uh, my handle is Sulior. So. S-U-L-I-O-R-E. So anyway, I'm going to get out of here. So as always, stay safe, adventurers.